0: Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting HarrisonUnited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church, P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, Canada, N0G1Z0. Thank you so very much and God bless.
1: Welcome to the May 23rd Sunday worship from Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario. I'm the Reverend Doug Kaufman. I was minister of Grace Church from 1994 to 2006, Uh, and now I'm a member of the congregation. My minister and colleague and friend, uh, the Reverend McCall Cottrell, uh, is on study leave this week and I'm quite happy to lead worship. To all who are joining us on our various platforms, welcome to Grace United Church. And I can say welcome uh, to my kitchen and to the homes of all who are going to be contributing uh, to this service. Today is Pentecost Sunday in the Western Christian calendar. Uh, Christians celebrate Pentecost as the birth of the church. On the first Pentecost, God's spirit swept over a diverse group of Jewish followers of Jesus of Nazareth, and empowered them to go into the world to proclaim the good news of Jesus and the reign of God. We learn from the first Pentecost that the Spirit moves freely wherever receptive people gather. Now we're dispersed uh, and yet we're gathered thanks to technology and God's Spirit moves among us and unites us. And so I say grace to you and peace in the name of Jesus Christ through the Spirit of God who gathers us into this online and uh, technical community. And despite the fact that we're on stay-at-home orders, the Ministry of Grace Church do continue online and in different forms. To find out about our various online events at Grace United, including our book clubs, exercise groups, uh, uh, ukulele groups for children and for all ages, Zoom dance parties, and more Please uh, see our weekly email announcements or contact the church office. For thousands of years, First Nations peoples have walked on this land. The relationship to the, with the land is at the center of their lives and spirituality. We are gathered here in Hanover, on the traditional territory, the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabek, uh, Sogin Ojibwe and Métis people. And we recognize their stewardship of the land throughout the ages. As partners in Sogin Treaty 45 and a half, we are called to seek reconciliation and right relationships uh, with our First Nations friends based on justice, respect, and honor.
2: May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen.
1: Let us worship. The Holy Spirit came as fire and wind. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, people of all genders, all ages, all cultures. Witnessed the day of Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit, come. The people were bewildered, astonished, amazed. They wondered, what are we to do? Then Peter stood and raised his voice. We need to know. What did he say? He said, we are not drunk. We are filled with God's spirit so that we can tell you about Jesus of Nazareth. Come, Holy Spirit, come. The Spirit danced like fire, and in a multitude of languages, the Spirit poured out, was poured out on those from young to old. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Dare to be dreamers and to believe. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Dare to believe in what can and could be, for God is gracious, God is creator. God knows no bounds, his love is expansive. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come and abide and empower us today. Let us pray. Regenerative Holy Spirit, On this day of Pentecost, when the pandemic would separate us, you connect us. You draw us into community, waiting to be energized. Like the free blowing wind, which we cannot see, but can recognize as it rattles windows and dances trees. You can mysteriously move among us, setting hearts on fire. Giving tired eyes new vision, emboldens, emboldening slumping shoulders to courage, calling fixed minds to dream new dreams, and freeing cramped legs to venture new mission. Or Holy Spirit, <laughs> if we're like Olympic athletes straining in the blocks, you can fire the starting pistol to set us running toward the future with excitement and hope. Yes, come Holy Spirit, come. Come and be dangerous among us.
3: Amen. Greetings, friends. On this Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate Deaf culture. On Pentecost, diverse languages proclaim the presence of God's Spirit. So it's the perfect day to celebrate the glorious variety of languages and cultures God blesses the world through, including Deaf culture. Few churches welcome and include people who are Deaf. That's why your gifts through mission and service support the Quinte Deaf Fellowship in Belleville, Ontario. Since its inception in 2007, the fellowship has provided a point of cultural and spiritual connection for people who are deaf and a place to celebrate deaf culture. When Peter Scarp visits a friend or attends a club, every conversation begins and ends with a hug. That's not unusual in his circles. It's just something we all do, explains the Canadian Hearing Service deaf member. He continues to share insights about deaf culture, identity, norms, and rules of behavior. Deaf people value their eyes because they are their window on the world and their hands because they are extremely important tools," he says. History has not always recognized Deaf culture or considered sign language important. Did you know that in 1880, 164 Deaf educators from eight countries gathered to make the landmark education decision that would ban sign language from classrooms around the world? Then it was decided that oral or lip-reading education was better than manual or sign education. Whenever you deprive a community of its language, you automatically deprive it of its culture, says Phil Wilson, a United Church minister whose father wasn't allowed to use sign language in residential school. Wilson, whose parents were deaf, considers American Sign Language his mother tongue. I consider myself bicultural, he says. The COVID-19 pandemic has been especially hard in deaf communities. Isolation rules make it challenging to access health care, support programs, and basic information. Online learning is also an issue. While some provinces provide online learning opportunities, unless a qualified teacher who is proficient in sign language is available, these are often not accessible to deaf children and youth says the Canadian Association of the Deaf in a statement. Language matters, especially now. Your generous support through mission and service means Quinte Deaf Fellowship continues to be a place of belonging, connection, advocacy, and care when it is needed most. Thank you so much. Our scripture reading today, on this Pentecost Sunday, comes from Acts 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages, as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, religious men who had come from every country in the world. When they heard this noise, a large crowd gathered. They were all excited, because each one of them heard the believers speaking in his own language. In amazement and wonder, they exclaimed, These people who are talking like this are Galileans. How is it then that all of us hear them speaking in our own native languages? We are from Parthia, Media and Elam, from Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, from Pontus and Asia, from Phrygia and Pamphylia, from Egypt and the regions of Libya near Cyrene. Some of us are from Rome, both Jews and Gentiles converted to Judaism, and some of us are from Crete and Arabia. Yet all of us hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things that God has done. Amazed and confused, they kept asking each other, What does this mean? But others made fun of the believers, saying, These people are drunk. Then Peter stood up with the other eleven apostles, and in a loud voice began to speak to the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, listen to me. And let me tell you what this means. These people are not drunk, as you suppose it is only nine o'clock in the morning. Instead, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. This is what I will do in the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim my message, your young men will see visions, and your old men will have dreams. Yes, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will proclaim my message. I will perform miracles in the sky above and wonders on the earth below. There will be blood, fire, and thick smoke. The sun will be darkened, and the moon will turn red as blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And then, whoever calls out to the Lord
1: for help will be saved. Here we are. May 24th weekend. And what are you doing? For Canadians, this is normally a breakout weekend after a long cold winter. People open cottages and trailers, they go camping, head for the beaches and they get together and they party. Not this year if people obey lockdown orders and not if they care about the common good. Most people this year will stay put at home and they will wait. They will wait for things to change. They will wait to resume some form of normalcy. This pandemic has forced us into a waiting mode. We thought COVID-19 would last a week, a year maybe. (laughs) A year has come and gone and here we are still waiting. The Ontario Today phone in show on Friday asked people what they hope a near normal summer for them might might look like. <laughs> like. Like like you and me, callers had all kinds of plans. But everyone was tentative, uncertain. The plans well maybe plans uh iffy. Depends on what happens. Peter people are waiting to see what lies ahead. I have to say for me, some days this pandemic uh, makes me feel as if we're in a time lock. Time stands still, every day is is much like yesterday and tomorrow is likely going to be little different. The pandemic waiting game, (laughs) though it certainly doesn't feel like a game, is testing our endurance, our patience, our resilience, and, and definitely our spiritual resources. Our minister, uh, McCall, uh, expressed our situation well a few weeks ago when he compared living through the pandemic to running a marathon, and he has run several, he knows. You know where the finish line is, but it takes daily endurance to reach it. If there is a benefit to this arduous waiting that we're in, it is that we can learn new things about ourselves. We might discover new resources within that we never thought we had. And we may collect resources from outside. And that just might make us better and stronger people when this pandemic lies behind us. May 24th weekend, we're not breaking out the way we used to. As I mentioned, today also is Pentecost Sunday in the Christian calendar. In our sacred Christian story, Pentecost happened with the followers of Jesus waiting gathered together in prayer and support. Before his departure, Jesus had promised that the Holy Spirit would come upon them, would lead them. But their waiting did not begin with that hope. Despite Jesus' insistence that his death would not be the end, that he would be raised from death, that promise did not sink in when Jesus Was crucified. His disciples were naturally overcome with grief, with fear, confusion, uncertainty, and every other negative emotion. Jesus had urged them to be courageous, but the disciples initially were hiding behind locked doors. For them, their journey with Jesus was over. Their future with him was gone if you could look in at the disciples, then you would have said hopeless, hopeless. But Jesus' resurrection appearance uh, to various disciples changed despair into hope. But that hope was still vague and tentative after the resurrection appearances stopped and Jesus departed. It's one thing to experience Jesus alive again, but it's another to do something meaningful about that experience when he was gone. To fill that gap, you have to continue to wait. In Luke's story, you wait for the fulfillment of Jesus' promise that the Holy Spirit will come. You aren't sure how or when, and so you gather you do a lot of praying and speculating and you talk amongst yourself about all that has happened and you wait. As Luke unfolds his story, 50 days after the Passover, Jewish pilgrims from all around the Mediterranean basin gathered in Jerusalem for the annual Spring Festival of Pentecost, which was a Thanksgiving festival that celebrated the giving of the law to Moses on the holy mountain. Jesus' disciples and others associated with Jesus then were gathered together for this festival. They were waiting when suddenly all heaven broke loose, sound like roaring winds shook the place, fiery flames danced all around and, and, and touched everyone. A raucous babel of voices arose, prophetic voices with the disciples' Galilean accent uh, declaring the mighty power of God. Yet the pilgrims from all around, regardless of their native tongues, could understand. And all were astounded. they were perplexed. They did not know what to make of that phenomenon. Cynics always have rational explanations for the mysterious. In this instance, ah, these people are drunk. No, not drunk. If you know scripture, you know that wind and fire, lightning and thunder and awesome stuff like that symbolize the presence and the activity of the Holy One. Ask Moses about the burning bush ask him about the rumbling mountain where he received the law, not drunk. But yes, they were drunk, drunk on the Spirit. You might say that God was having a blast that Pentecost. Well, Pentecost is the big bang when the Holy One gave a new manifestation of the Spirit. It was a day of new creation, this uh, manifestation of the Spirit which reverberated throughout the world in a new way. This moment, as I said, was the birth of the church, but the movement of the Spirit is far larger than the church. While the Spirit empowered our ancestors in faith to become courageous, empowerment of all people, all the time, in every age, For the work of peace, justice, and love is the work of the Spirit. That cannot be confined to the church. The Spirit solidified a diversity of people, young and old, different nationalities, all genders, into a community with a clear mission to take the good news of Jesus' universal love into the world. You can't not keep such a love confined to the four walls of any church. And the spirit continued to inspire and lead a visionary community uh, has through the generations, one in which uh, the young such as Greta Thunberg can prophesy to the leaders of the world and the old like David Suzuki can still rage, dream and work for a planet redeemed of human greed and stupidity. That movement of the spirit is far bigger than any church. The spirit creates a community and leads it into the streets, a community in which black and colored and indigenous lives really do matter. And justice for all races is the only acceptable standard. The church stands with these movements, but it is the spirit that takes the church out of the pews and into the streets. The spirit brings together a community in which atrocities such as have recently erupted in Gaza and Israel are replaced by understanding between nations and peoples and reconciliation between nations and people and where a just and a lasting peace can come. The spirit of such a community works with the church and beyond. We dream, we wait, and the spirit is at work. In the sacred story of creation shared by Jews, Muslims, and Christians, the spirit at creation was sweeping over the chaotic waters to bring order and life. In your imagination, hear the roar and the crash of the breakers in that primordial darkness. Sense that something is about to happen. Rejoice, for there is something wild and unpredictable and uncontrollable about the spirit. Jesus wasn't kidding when he told Nicodemus that the wind spirit, one word in the Greek language, blows where it chooses. You don't know where it comes from or where it goes. It is free, it is unpredictable, it's not controllable. We cannot command the spirit. We can only be open to it. One thing is certain, though. The spirit is everywhere and always present and active. And the spirit is certainly worth praying for, worth waiting for, and worth waiting for. I watched the opening of Western Ontario Waterway's spring meeting. A gentleman from the Saugeen First Nation uh, offered opening prayers for that online meeting. And he made made a memorable comment, this gentleman did. He made a memorable comment that stuck with me. Speaking about the sacred fire, uh, which he said burns at all First Nations gathering and which will burn for the three days of the Western Ontario Waterways meeting. He said, without the fire, nothing happens. We could put it positively and say, with the fire, something does happen. The spirit moves. When we are listening for the spirit, when we are alert, to the Spirit's leading. When we're in the Spirit, when our hearts are warmed by the Spirit, the fire burns and Pentecost continues. More often than not, it won't be noisy and spectacular. It will be a quiet, persistent tugging at us that, that happens when we as individual Christians and as church community enter into prayerful discernment. That happens when we quiet ourselves, when we listen in the silence, when we open ourselves to the possibility that God has something for us, when we turn our imaginations loose, held in the spirit, When we dream, you know, the spirit can move, can enter in and surprise us. And then, then when we talk together, when we share with one another, when we talk about what the spirit may be saying to us and may be asking us to do, when we we talk with one another, the spirit moves, direction takes place. Now, I think the pandemic gives us this pause to discern, to do some deep thinking and listening. We are not going to come out the other side and revert to the old normal. We all know that, and yet we long for the old normal. We're nostalgic about it. Nostalgia, however, you know, can't be our goal, but it can help us consider what it is important to recover from our living tradition, those things that we were doing before that were important to our mission to do. Nostalgia can help us with that. Then vision will be helpful to discern what to leave behind, and wisdom Wisdom will assure that we carry forward the new ministries the pandemic has opened to us that are important and should be retained. I don't know what the future holds any more than you do, but this I believe. The spirit gives courage that we need. It gives the wisdom we need and the support we need when we are open and faithful to the cause of inclusive peace, love, and justice with which we've been entrusted by our Lord Jesus Christ. We aren't in this alone. We are surrounded with the energy of the Spirit when we entrust ourselves to the Holy One, in Christ Jesus. May it be so. Amen. And we pray together. Holy one, we give thanks that at this Pentecost moment, we are not alone. Your spirit accompanies through this difficult pandemic time and gives us the courage and the stamina to endure and to move through to the end. Through the opportunities for new ways of ministry as a result of having to live with the shutdown in-person, a shutdown of in-person worship, your spirit is leading us in new forms. Under the Spirit's guidance, young and old alike can dream dreams and find new vision for the future. With the Spirit's blessing, Christ will claim us as his own as we declare who we are. God's Spirit will pour out on us as we anticipate who we can become. At this Pentecost, We take courage in the assurance of whose we are. We affirm our call to be Christ's disciples, and we trust the Spirit to guide us through the challenging space between who we are and who we will be. Surely we are not alone. Thanks be to God. At this Pentecost, we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ and all its denominations around the world, that the Spirit may continue to abide and lead it out into the world with faithful witness and compassionate service. We pray for our partner churches, the United Church of Christ in the Philippines, the Presbyterian Church in the Republic of Korea, and the United Church of Christ, USA. Holy One, we turn our thoughts to the world around us. We pray for those whose daily work exposes them to COVID-19. We think of those working in hospitals and those working in care homes for the young and the old. We think of emergency service workers, and those who are cashiers and sale clerks. We think of janitors and cleaners and hospitality workers, drivers, postal workers, and so many more persons who are at risk when they work. We pray for those whose lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. We pray for those who have contracted the disease and their families thinking especially of those who are known to us. We think of those who have died, often alone, isolated from family. We think of those whose health has been compromised by the effects of of the COVID pandemic. We pray for those whose family life has become unsettled, stressful, and dangerous. Remembering especially those who must care for children and still do a full day's work. We pray for those who are alone. We pray for those whose mental health has suffered, who are distressed, depressed, anxious, confused. And for ourselves, we pray that we may sense your close presence supporting us, giving us determination, endurance, and good spirits to take us safely through this pandemic. God of peace and reconciliation, we lament the conflict, the killing, the distressing, destruction, and the hatred that fuels the conflict in Gaza and East Jerusalem. And we pray for interventions that will bring a ceasefire. And may your spirit touch us, touch us with its loving hands, as in silence we offer our individual prayers and reflections. In Jesus' name, we pray. And now we pray his prayer in traditional English. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen
2: a proud heritage after the experience of war and forced relocation the author's japanese canadian family is welcomed by the united church I am a third-generation Japanese-Canadian living in southern Alberta, among the third-largest concentration of Japanese in Canada. The other two concentrations of population are in Vancouver and Toronto. In my city of Lethbridge, no one questions our presence here because people have grown up with us in their midst. During the Second World War, the Japanese were deemed to be enemies, aliens and were forcibly removed from the west coast of Canada to exile in relocation camps in the interior of BC. Others came to do the hard labor of sugar beet farming in southern Alberta. Both of my parents were among those who chose to remain together as families and become farmhands Conditions were harsh and hope was bleak for a better life at that time. After the war was over, most Japanese people stayed on farms on the prairies rather than returning to the racist atmosphere in Vancouver. Dad's family was converted to Christianity by a Baptist mission in Vancouver. When relocated to a sugar beet farm near Calden, Alberta, we ministered to by the Reverend John Kabama sent to us by the United Church Home Missions Department. The feeling of belonging to a larger worship community was important to my family and a strong support in a challenging time. I am still a member of the Southern Alberta Japanese United Church located in Lethbridge, Alberta. As I have aged, my faith in God has matured and I understand that if God is love, then the carefree childhood and steadfast gentle love of my parents and grandparents was a manifestation of God's presence in my life. In fact, I was 25 years old at university before I learned of the Japanese-Canadian exile in 1942. I questioned my parents about this, and they said that they did not want to hurt us with the knowledge of the racist time. They knowingly kept it a secret and I grew up thinking I was just as acceptable as anyone else that I met in my youthful years. I still feel that way. I believe it takes love and concern to nurture children in this way. I grew up on a potato farm and attended Parkview United Church in Vauxhall, Alberta all of my young life I once asked my father why we we were members of this church. He said that it was because this small rural church that divorced people attend. This made no sense to me because none, none of us were divorced. With later knowledge of our exile, I came to understand that what he really meant is that the United Church accepted us even though we were Japanese, a recently unpopular group. I continue to believe that Jesus would want our churches to be fully accepting and supporting of all people. The Japanese in Canada are fully active in society and we work with everyone else to make our communities healthy. Education is important to the Japanese, so we we are well-represented among the professionals like medicine, law, and education. This respect for education and family ties and environment is something we bring to Canadian Mosaic, contributions that have been officially celebrated in Asian Heritage Month since 2002. I am so proud to be a Canadian and a member of the United Church of Canada. Catherine, uh, president of the United Church, Alberta and Northwest Conference.
1: Well, this brings our online worship to an end. As we go, in this Pentecostal moment, let us all give thanks and glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ever ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church, through the Spirit, that never ceases to work. May this be so now and ever. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you, whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street Hanover Ontario Canada N4N 1V6 or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting harrisonunited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church PO Box 298 Harrison Ontario Canada N0G 1Z0 Thank you so very much and God bless.